You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Hey, right, let's do it live on a Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Gibbe. Well, it didn't rain for three weeks, and then it hasn't stopped in 24 hours or thereabouts. Yeah, great. Who's ready for it to be over? 60 degrees. Just, I took Buddy Garrity out this morning for his walk, and he just as soon as we walked out the door, he just looked up to me like, really? You sure? 57 yeah. in rain? Really, Dad? This is what we're going to do? We're going to go do this? I I took my Brutal. dog. So my, my older dog, like it was a misting rain. He took two steps outside and was like, I'll hold it for 16 hours. I'll I'm not doing this. Road, Dad. Yep. I nope. don't believe I will do this. For those of you wondering, this is basically Seattle. Uh, in my experience being in Seattle, which I've got family that lives out there, this is basically the weather you're dealing with there, where it's in the 60s and it's misting and, and raining. Kind Awful. Of like what we've had the last 24 hours. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, we, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Like, the lawns were crispy like it's time. But as you look into that, we can't have anything in moderation. We either have drought and 90 or just cold Just give me and a rain. day where it rains. Okay. And then it's nice. That's it. You know, I, I I was happy because the rain held off for most of the day yesterday. I think it was like it, four or five o'clock. So really, you got yeah. a full weekend in. Yeah, it was. Again. It, it was. It was. It was most of the day. Yeah. So that part was fine, but then it just it just never stopped. <laughs> no. Like I went to bed and I'm like, uh, are we going to have some flooding issues? Yeah. <laughs> because the 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 steadiness of the rain was, it was like someone just turned the hose on over the top. Yeah, and, it's just a, and it's it was thick and I mean it honestly it's great for the lawns and the golf courses and the parks and uh, we needed it we were, yeah we were low for sure um, it just looks like we're going to be in it for a little while tomorrow's around this too right sixties and eighty percent chance of rain and yep exactly we'll have this for a while I'm glad we did not have this for many although days. I I feel like by Wednesday there's like just showers in the morning and then it moves out in part because I have a golf outing. <laughs> But <laughs> no, well, I on. hope it does for you. I hope you get a nice day on, on Wednesday afternoon. Let's see. A little first Friday afternoon for the Gibbe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least I was hoping, you know, the one day off I take here. Um, from an hourly standpoint, no, no, it's supposed to rain. Like yeah. all day, right? Uh, yeah. It's uh, through about 10 a.m. Uh, thunderstorms tomorrow night into Wednesday. Oh, so we switched to a whole different breed of weather. Yeah, what could go wrong? Jeez, man. I mean, it's it's like an eighty percent chance of rain all day tomorrow. Yeah, that's what, I mean. It was that's what I was looking at. It's been pretty brutal uh, across the board. So Great. We're going to be 
We're going to be in for this a little bit. Um, you could have given me a heads up that dogs can't eat sunflower seeds. That would have been a nice heads up out of you. I did not know this. <laughs> now you do. Uh, grapes and chocolate. Are on the definite. They can't know. No, no. on those two uh, as they well. Can, they can die immediately. Oh, really? Yeah. Good to know. So I've kept that stuff away from him. NBC and his buddy, they were they were at our house on Friday, acting like big shots because they figured out how to eat sunflower seeds finally, as opposed to just sticking them all in and chewing them. Gotcha. So they they started actually eating them the correct way, and apparently, and I, I say apparently that I was not there. Um, I can only go from the evidence that showed up a little bit later as I walked him in the next oh, day no. uh, that apparently he consumed a great many sunflower seeds and they came up and out in varying ways until Sunday. I think Sunday, his Sunday evening routine was relatively normal. All the rest of it was incredibly liquefied. Uh, so that was fun. The only benefit of it was um, that – the weather was great, so it's not like I, I didn't wasn't in the house. Okay. It was all outside. Um, you could but deal even with that. that. I he did uh, he did a deuce the other day. Uh, this would have been Sunday morning, and I'm, I'm of course I'm a pick, I live in a society. I'm a pick up pick up the deuce guy, and I looked at it and I go I don't even know how to I can't get my hands around that. Some I basically just need can. rain. To yep make it go away that's kind of where we're at with it and that will that definitely happens especially yeah. with our younger one because she'll eat random things she's not supposed to yeah and you're like like if the owner of the house came out i'd be like can i borrow your hose right that's where we're at like i yeah i don't, I don't know how to i can't pick that up i can't make this right no i i don't know how to make that right you need like egon yeah and his thing you need that to be able to make it work. I need a wet shop back or that's something. Kind of where you're at. Yeah. Um, but that that part that goes away. That goes away relatively yeah. quickly. It's pick up the other stuff. Yeah. As I was leaving today to come over here, he went to the undisclosed location on the west side of Cleveland. Which, by the way, Kevin Stefanski will join us at two o'clock here. So he'll be here at the undisclosed yes. location. Yeah, that to look forward to, which is very nice. Um, as I was heading over here, um, Buddy has always stayed in the basement. Like, he hasn't come up. Like, there's no fence or anything. He just stays down there. I say stay, and he stays. That's it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that appears to have changed as I was leaving. There's a and whole new world upstairs. There's a whole new world upstairs. And number two and number three were, like, playing Xbox or something. I'm like, it might be because he's bored of you two idiots playing Xbox. Like, maybe throw him a ball, and maybe he'd stay down here because, of course, I like to take it out on them. Um, so we'll see. But as I was leaving, I just heard my wife yell, no, buddy, no. So I think I know how that's going to go. Our youngest, she she torments my youngest kid. Like any of her stuff, she will chew up. She's into it, yeah. But not anybody else. Yeah. But she will take, like, if you haven't walked her or maybe paid enough attention to her, yeah. she, will, she will grab your shoe. She will not chew it. She will take it and she will put it in weird places and just go, hey, FYI, I'm still here in the house. Just so you know. I came home Friday from work. A little scavenger My hunt. wife's sandal is in the middle of the bed. I'm like, well, I know my wife didn't leave that there. And then, like, my tennis shoe the one day is in the middle of the living room floor. That's and right. she's, like, just standing right by it. Hey, like, Dad. hey, hey, dummy, were you going to do something? Maybe I need to be entertained a little bit. Yeah. Okay, let's go outside. We'll throw the ball for 10 or 15 minutes. Make me a bicycle clown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, I, this was cool to see over the weekend, uh, the big crowds for the Gardos. 
uh, in back-to-back series, 155,000 I saw in the two series. So that's great to see, uh, playing a little bit better ball there. So that was that was cool to see as well. Uh, speaking of professional sports teams in Ohio that we are uh, connected to, did you happen? I'm sure that you haven't, unless you just saw it on social because it's all on Apple TV Plus. Uh, the Columbus Crew, which is owned by our ownership, Haslam Sports Group, um, their uh, their star player Lucas Zellerayan made a goal in the 93rd minute from 61 yards away. I did not see this. There's a turnover. So it's tied 1-1 with Chicago. There's a turnover on the other side of midfield. Zellerayan uncorks it. The goalie's out, which is the smart. The goalie should be out at that point. He's trying to provide help for the team, trying to get a, his Chicago team. Zellerayan puts it on the screws and makes it to win it. 61 yards. 61 yards, yeah. Longest walk-off um, in MLS since 2010. Uh, there was one that was 40 yards out, but it was on the other side of midfield uh, that he that he made. They're playing some goal. pretty good. They uh, are. soccer yeah. these days. Well, they've they've I mean they've invested a great deal in that operation, and it's it's absolutely worked. And um, yeah, it was a good weekend. So you had that, and then you had the Champions League, Man City, and and Inter Saw as that. well, which was fun. Uh, that was fun to watch. The golf. Did you see? Did you see this live, or did you see this? Oh no, I, I I got a message in our golf league chat and the hooligans chat that said. Holy putt. Yeah. And so, I was like, eh, maybe I should go find out what that's all about. So uh, Nick Taylor, 75 feet on the putt, um, is uh, to win the RBC. First Canadian to win the RBC since like 1954. Uh, so it's been a minute since a Canadian golfer has won the RBC. He won, wins it in the fourth playoff hole after really a pretty thrilling back nine. Uh, fellow golfer and Canadian Adam Hadwood then races out to spray him with champagne, at which point he gets form tackled by security. Uh, it's a pretty spectacular tackle. Yeah, and I thought Hadwin had a great sense of humor about it, like put it in the Louvre. He, I mean, it was pretty good across the board. I did like I, that. Here's th- This is the only thing I would say. Mm-hmm. The gentleman has a big bottle of champagne. He wasn't walking around the course all day with that. Like, if you're on that green, yeah, something tells me that you are allowed to be there. I agree with you, but I also think that we cannot have security guards determining in real time who should be there and who isn't. They're basically like, see it, go. Yeah. Like, what's the – Is this a threat? What do they say in um, – you're a big fan of Band of Brothers. Like, is it Flash Thunder? Flash Bang? No. They, when they, remember, they land in Normandy, and he goes Flash, and then the other guy goes Thunder. Yes. You have, if you don't say Thunder right away, you're dead. Yeah. Basically. Uh, because that's the only way to know Thunder was the opposite I totally of Flash. I forgot about that. So you'd go Flash, Thunder. That's kind of what it's like if you're a security guard. Yeah. Like, you don't have time no. to see who anybody is or look at a face. I was trying to think of the minimum – what would be the minimum amount of fame that wouldn't have gotten tackled in that situation? Like if it were Rory with a security of guard have tackled him, my hunch is no, but I don't think there are many on the PGA tour who would have not been tackled. And Most I think would have been, I got a feeling Canada, they've got, they've got some extremists maybe going on. They've got some <laughs> things cause they were awful quick to the, uh, awful quick to the bell to take that guy down. Well, my guy had, uh, had perfect form. On the tackle. So that's yes. the form that we teach in youth football now um, where, you know, used to tackle, you'd put the head on the ball. Now we now they teach kids to tackle opposite ball 
have the head on the other side of the ball on the tackle. So he even he even nailed that part of it, which was which was pretty cool. I mean, it was great because the golfer, you know, he wins the golf match. That's right. He's celebrating with his caddy. His caddy is the one that comes to the defense. That's right. Because the golfer's like, what am I supposed to do? I think, And the caddy's like, just keep hugging all those people. <laughs> I'm going to go take care of this. Pretty great. Uh, really great to see. U.S. Yeah. Open is this week at LACC. So they'll all they'll all be there. So and, that means late day into the evening golf. Yeah, which is, can be a win, especially if we have crummy weather. Um, I hope that you get a chesty group of live guys because not because I was rooting for them or not, but just because I think the sport needs the conflict. Yeah. So I don't want Kumbaya at their availabilities. I hope that they all kind of butt heads a little bit. I think, it, I think it would be fun. And Rory kind of intimated, well, not kind of flat out said, I hate live last week Yeah. when he had his availability on Wednesday. So I hope that there's more of that to be coming uh, by the time you get to the, uh, those will be Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe. Will be the U.S. Open availabilities. Will be tomorrow and Wednesday. Yeah. So uh, and no Phil tiger should be still? no tiger. No, he's done for the year. But I think Phil should be quite chesty. I would think everything he said about the PGA Tour like four years ago is true. It was all true, you know. So, so here's the thing. Like, do you got to play it close to the vest because the PGA not. commissioner? Like, you still have to apply for reinstatement, possibly, potentially. To who are you asking? To for? this PGA. You're to be, this new commissioner, yeah, don't you think he's a puppet? Like it's gonna, you're you're gonna appeal to the guy who you already work for. I don't know. I keep the reading. guy running the Saudi Royal Trust is the guy who's the boss. And I've been impressed. ESPN's had some great coverage and kind of lays it out on a daily basis what's going on. Yeah, like as they get stuff, they've done a really nice job with their coverage. Um, and that was that that just continues to be the big question: is how do they handle the reinstatement? Uh, of these guys, is it a reinstatement or is it? Hey, everybody, we're all back together. And I don't. I think it's the other way. I think it'll be. I think what they'll try to do is make the PGA Tour guys they offered money to. I think they'll try to make them whole, a little bit or at least partially whole. That no one's reimplying for anything because the person they're going to reimply reapply to is the guy who owns the whole golf. Yeah. And that's the people they work for. Now I saw like Monahan's not going to have any say in anything. I, I saw something like from an equity standpoint that they wouldn't, the players that went to live wouldn't have equity in in this joint venture, but that that there would be stakes and shares for the other golfers to make up for basically them deciding not to take a hundred million dollars originally. <laughs> I I see no scenario how anybody who what who did not go with live wins. I mean, they're all going to win financially and all of that, but those guys who win are going to win the biggest. Yes. And I see no scenario how it goes any other way than that. Um, did you see this story out of uh, Florida? We talked last week about the Jacksonville Jaguars and playing their home games and how they're going to decide to do all of that. Um, Gainesville was mentioned. They talked about doing something even to their downtown baseball stadium yeah. for their minor league affiliate. It was like 30,000 seats. Yeah, they were, gonna, they were going to have to add like, 10 or 12,000 seats to get to 30 to be able to host NFL games. Well, now there is a conversation that they could play home games at Daytona International Speedway. Um, that is a mammoth structure. Like, there is a lake in the middle of that. It's like Indy. I mean, there, it's a mile yeah. and a half. There's a lake in the middle of it that you can, like, like water ski on. It's big enough. 
So I see no scenario how that's a win. Like to me, Gainesville makes the most sense by 100 miles and just do it there unless I see no scenario why they would want to go all the way to Daytona. And that feels like that's further than I than I think most people think it is from Jacksonville to Daytona. I could I be wrong, but that. I think it's more like three hours. I what can can we just make it easy? Like if you're gonna go to a college football stadium, like it's no offense, but it's not like Jacksonville's got this ginormous fan base no. that's gonna follow them around. Oh, it's like, only an hour and twenty minutes. It's much Daytona? closer than I thought. Wow. Daytona from Jacksonville is an hour 20. But like you said, where, where are you going to put it? It's not like you can like – it's not like taking a basketball arena and putting a curtain up to cover half of it or a football no, dome and I, covering it. I just think the amount of work you'd have to do to get that turf playable for NFL in addition to the stadiums, the temporary stadium, I don't – well, maybe the infield's big enough that they could play it in that trioval. I don't know. And keep the stands, the grandstands? I don't know. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, it's I don't. bigger than you. Th- I mean, it's huge. I guess like when when Illinois uh, when the Bears played in Champaign, I was living in, in Springfield and I was covering everything for the yeah. Bears and for the Illini. The biggest dilemma was they were not allowed to have alcohol with they they could not sell alcohol inside the stadium. Right, because of campus. So they literally had to build structures just on the outside that people could buy, and they were allowed to take it into the stadium, but they couldn't buy it in the stadium. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, no, I believe that to be – I'm sure that is exactly how that was. Now, m- most of those – and um, Ohio State was one of the last to do it. Most from now, you can purchase beer and alcohol in the stadium. So I assume you could do that in Florida. They're so typically not, faster to the game. Why than not ever. just do the games at the swamp? My guess is they don't want to, I'm guessing that they don't want to jump through the hoops that the University of Florida is making them jump through to play it. But it's it would be set up. I'm guessing yeah. they're just trying to find alternatives in case it doesn't come through at the swamp, but that would be the place to do it. Yeah. It would be to do it the, there. The, we're, we're overthinking. How many years this. did the Bears do it there? Two. It was two long years. <laughs> so the – and that wasn't that long ago, and now they're already looking for another stadium. The other one that did it most recently was Minnesota, and they waited until they renovated, until they built, not renovated, they built the Golden Gophers a stadium. And then, well, yep. after that was completed, I think the Vikings maybe even helped with the building of it. I think they did, and I remember the remember they had the home playoff game when it was like five degrees. Yeah. It was like, it was in the afternoon. Their kicker missed the uh, – Yeah. The field goal to win it, former Brown, I believe. That's still the coldest. Now, I was not at our game uh, this year on Christmas Eve, but the coldest game I've ever been to was Ohio State-Minnesota in 2014 there. Um, it was minus 11 air temp, um, and you couldn't – you couldn't operate. You really couldn't operate. No, gear doesn't work at no, that temperature. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no. Your limbs don't work at that temperature. Nothing. None of it works. It's all no. a fail across the board. Um, hopefully this program is anything but a fail to you. It shouldn't be. We've got all sorts of luminaries. As I mentioned, Coach will join us in the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, Jake will join us here in about 15 minutes. We're off and running on a Monday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And renew your home for the last time with Renew Home Exteriors. Now introducing new composite clad siding. Featuring a beautiful deep grain look of real wood in 20 available colors. Keep that just installed look for a lifetime with this low maintenance siding option. Right now, take advantage of no interest or payments for 24 months. Renew Home Exteriors, superior products and superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com. As we go around the league, Jake will join here in about 10 minutes. Tampa Bay is going to wear the creamsicle uniforms against former NFC Central rivals Detroit on October 15th. It's the first time they've worn the cream sickles since 2012. Probably the biggest miss in recent NFL history that they had three seasons of Tom Brady, including one season where everybody knew you were going to get a second helmet and you did not have these ready last year for him. I mean, that's just stupefying. Well, is that is that Tampa Bay or is that the league? No, it's Tampa Bay because last year we could wear a second helmet. Last I thought, year I was thought the we first had year. To, I thought we had to wait a year. No, last year we had last year you had the ability. Everybody knew it was coming. Last year you had the ability to wear a second shell. Most a lot of teams wore the second shell last year, um, and the the uh, the Bucks weren't ready, and so they missed it. So now, like, who's going to buy the creamsicle? How many twelves would they have sold? And I don't know if they can even do 12 now that he's not on their team. I'm sure they can't make him in their team shop. I don't think so. You know? I, I don't know. But, I mean, like, geez, I feel like you'd want to wear it. You would have wanted to take advantage of that, and they didn't. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So Well, and that goes back to how long did you think you were going to have him for, Tampa? I mean, they had him three years, which is longer than I think he wanted to be there. Yep. But they had three years' worth of it, so, I mean – to not take advantage of that is pretty crazy. Uh, Saquon Ball, Barkley not attending Giants mandatory minicamp and says he could sit out the season. So he wants a contract? Yes. So he got, fran- guys? he got franchised. Yeah. I think the franchise tag is like $10.2 million. Yeah. Well, that's the going rate for a running back. It sucks, but it's the reality. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you want to know how good or bad things go when it comes to uh, franchise tags and sitting out a season – Ask Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, the, his career was done. Yeah, it was cooked at that point. Um, they, you're not going to get any more Ezekiel Elliott contracts. No. It's done. Todd Gurley contracts. Those contracts are done. Done. So it's just, I don't know if it'll ever zag back to where running backs are compensated richly again. My hunch is probably not. But this is this is where the league is right now. You're just not paying it. So if you're the Giants, okay, sit out. Yeah. Look who's out there in free agency. Kareem Hunt's available in free agency. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott's available in free agency. Dalvin Cook's available in free agency. Hell, it's possible Joe Mixon will be available in free agency if they can't rework his deal at some point this summer. Yeah. By the way, the Bengals have mandatory minicamp this week. Um, if you were to say – that we would be sitting here June 12th and there would not be a borough extension, I would have said you're nuts. Most people down there, conventional wisdom was they had it all the way to the finish line and that it would be done by the time free agency happened in March. It never happened. Nothing to worry about for them. It'll be fine. No, and he doesn't seem worried. No, no, no. I, he's fine, but I do think that it's surprising 
that a deal isn't done. And I know there's multiple moving parts, including, as I mentioned, the Mixon part of it. They've got Higgins that they want to sort out long-term, and then you've got Chase coming in two years. So they've got a lot that they're juggling to try to make it all work, and so maybe they're all tied together. But I still think if someone would have said, do you think you'll have a Joe Burrow deal by the summer? I would have said, yeah, and you yeah. don't have one. Uh, and <sighs> congratulations. This is what good teams have to deal with. <laughs> Right. Especially when you have a franchise quarterback. Well, and it's weird, too, that they were – the other thing that makes their situation even more difficult is Higgins and Burrow are in the same class and Chase is in the next class. Yep. So they're all going to need to be paid at the same time. You know, even the Chiefs or the other teams that have landed these quarterbacks, you usually don't have to pay them all at the same time. Like sure. You can kind of balance it. They're in a position where they have to pay them all at the same time. I did see this morning reports that – um, Washington could be open to trading Chase Young, um, who's been, quite frankly, wildly disappointing. Just nine sacks so far in his career. He's been hurt a hurt. lot. Yeah. But um, pretty. if you would have said coming out of Ohio State, he felt like a Bosa, like a sure thing, lock stock. So um, they, they potentially could see even more movement when it comes to what they're trying to do. It was the teams that I was reading this morning, it was the Bears, the Lions, and the Seahawks were the, the three teams that – I mean, Detroit would make – Opposite Hutchinson, that would be, that'd be a full day. Yeah, I think. I, I don't think that's something that I want to deal with if I'm in the NFC North. No, no. So that that I, could be one where you get somebody where you kind of get them on the cheap. But though, you said Lions, Seahawks, and Bears. Like that's all NFC. So yeah. he's staying in the NFC. I think if you're Washington. Yeah, I just think that I think you're. I know where your head's at, and I think you're probably right. Like. If you punt on him early and he becomes who you think he was, yeah, I don't know if you want to see him all the time. No. The other thing I saw, so did you see Bubba, uh, Buda Baker? I didn't. I, I, I've been in and out today. Yeah, so Buda Baker uh, requested a trade in Arizona. So could be in a situation where you're talking about a full-on fire sale there as everyone's trying Well, it to should out. be. Yeah. I mean, it should be. You shouldn't play the quarterback. You should just you, – your roster is already devoid of – a lot of talent. Just play for that top pick and a new quarterback and then get the other one out of there. Yeah, I think the I, you're just going to have to figure out how you can punt on it. Like, how do you punt on Kyler? Uh, Who's the taker there? Yeah, who – correct. You know? Yeah, because clearly the book's out on him. Yeah, and I think you're going to have a chance to get a guy that – you know, everybody would want in Caleb Williams. And if that's the case, you want to, you're going to want to try and, and get after that would be my guess on that side of things, my friend. Um, all right. We'll get some perspective on mini camp from our good bud, Jake Trotter. He joins us coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns daily on a 50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Head out on the Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea Hotline, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted. Cleveland, ESPN NFL Nation Browns reporter Jake Trotter joining us. Uh, belated happy birthday, buddy. Did you get everything your little heart's desired? 
Yeah, thank you very much. So we went to the Guardians game on Friday for my birthday with the family, which was the uh, 14-inning affair. Uh, We left after the ninth inning. There's no way we're going to make it. But I noticed coming out of the ballpark, my kids all had gifts from the team store. My wife got like a tank top from the team store. And (laughs) though it was my birthday, I was the only person that did not get a souvenir from the baseball game. So I guess that's that's just being – part of being a dad but I I did notice it I didn't say anything but I did notice it walking to the car do you find because I find this with that's I mean I've lived that experience more times than I can count my friend with my family do you find that your children will they're like with my boys if we go to anything like that like they're not even they're just looking for the store like they're just eyes out of the corner of their eye where's the store dad what are we going to get? Like, that's that, That's their whole operation, I'm convinced. Yeah, I think if, like, somebody brings it up to them, it becomes a point of emphasis, okay. which is what, you know, which is what my wife did. She said, we should go to the team <laughs> store later. And I was like, well, that's $200 out the door. Um, you know, they're more focused during the game on the, kid, on the kids' clubhouse. Like, there that's, you, you know, once we get through the ice cream and the helmet, like, that's the new focus for them is the clubhouse. Okay, and okay. And then if we can, like, just avert their eyes from any team store, we're okay. But, yeah. you know, I, I think my wife intended to, like, go there to get me something, and then I didn't get anything, and everybody else got something. So they all loaded up. What are you going to do? That's great. What are you going to yeah. do? Hey, speaking of, real quick, speaking of baseball or uh, sports-related, uh, you're an Oklahoman. When did Oklahoma yeah. decide they were going to be great at softball? And was it a conscious decision? For folks who don't know, they've won three straight – College World Series, uh, tons of people watch this stuff. On, on It's amazing the numbers they're getting on ESPN uh, for this. They, they lost uh, one game this year in a sport where that's not supposed to be possible. Was it some, Were you there when they decided, hey, this is going to be our thing? Oh, I was there. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember. So the, the College World Series, the Women's College World Series, has been in Oklahoma City for a long time. I can't. Yeah give you the exact number, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, decades, it's been there for a long time. And in order to keep it, you know, they re re uh, renovated the, 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 the hall of fame stadium where it's at. It's like a little bit uh, like Northeast of downtown, I guess would be a way to kind of, to, to describe where it's located. So it it seats like 14,000 people. So like the city has made a big commitment to hosting that event. And if you've seen, you know, some of the TV shots, I mean, they had a ton of people, that come in town for, for the tournament. And so I think kind of in conjunction with Oklahoma city being the place for softball, uh, you know, Oklahoma and even Oklahoma state, I mean, Oklahoma state has been to the women's college world series, like, I don't know, like three out of the last four years. So they, they're kind of, they're, you know, they're building off this as well, but you know, just it becoming the softball Mecca of the country. Uh, I think it's made it a lot easier to to recruit there, and then they have you know the the preeminent coach in the game and, and Patty Gasso uh, as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think they kind of have gone hand in hand. And as the popularity of the sport has risen, and you see Oklahoma there every year, and the tournaments in Oklahoma City, uh, you know, I think it's helped them build the program up to where it is. Which I don't know is it the most dominant college program, regardless of any sport going right now, it has to be. They lost one game, three straight like, national no, championships, and I mean they yeah, were. There's not a whole lot of precedent. Too. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of precedent. 
for yeah. that in that sport. I mean, there's so much randomness in it. It it's on a very short list, certainly, um, that they've been able to do it. Um, hey, let's uh, let, let's talk a little bit about what we saw last week. Um, yeah, I said last week on the show the Watson performance, the day one of minicamp, the nine to ten, nine touchdown. Uh, red zone seven on seven thing. Um, I, I thought it was necessary, Jake. I think he needed to have a day like that in front of everybody, in front of all the media, in front of all of his team. Um, and, and so that almost like, yeah, this is who I am. I, I thought it was necessary. Is necessary too far of a step? Well, I think it was positive. And, you know, we, we watch these OTAs and these mini camp practices. And again, there's no pass rush. There's no pads. A lot of it is kind of like three-quarter speed. Um, So, you know, it's not going to ramp up until we get to training camp. And I want to say it was the first public OTA. Like, Watson was really bad. I mean, it was rough. Like, the defense completely dominated. There were some interceptions. I mean, it just was off target, it seemed like, across the board. It looked looked a lot like what we saw during games last season. And then the second OTA was noticeably better – uh, and then you mentioned it, like he was just on fire. Um, not so much the third day minicamp, but definitely that first day where he went, you know, nine touchdown passes on 10 plays from inside the, what, 10-yard line, I think is kind of where they were spotting the ball. And then he was very good, very sharp again on the second day of minicamp. I think the defense kind of got the better of the offense on the third day, which the defense needed to do too because they got absolutely yeah. stomped out those first two days. But, I mean – I, this is the, the the thing about Watson. Like, you talk to people when he was coming back from the suspension last year, and they were saying the same stuff about the way he was performing in practice. And I saw him last off season and training camp look the way he kind of did this week. So, yeah. I mean, the talent is there. Like, we know what the potential is. It's just him putting it together in actual games, and we're not going to have the answer to that until we get to the games. But is it positive that he was sharp and on point this week in terms of, you know, the Browns' upside for the 2023 season? I don't think there's any question about it. And he, he was definitely impressive. But I, I just – I think it's – it's you got to point out that, like, he was impressive last year too. It wasn't like he struggled every time in practice – and that was kind of a precursor for the games. I think a lot of people were surprised behind the scenes how much he struggled, given how dominant he was in the three-week ramp-up leading to his return on the field last December. This is the thing that's tricky, and I'm, I'm sure you feel this too in your coverage, and you know we talk about it, and um, I talk about it in the morning, I talk about it here. There is a sense of, yeah, great, but show me, show me September. So I almost feel like I have to every conversation that we have here, anything of a positive nature, it's almost like I acknowledge that none of this really matters <laughs> if he's not great in September. I think we all know that, um, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like there's, it's such a, it, there's so shark bit in terms of the the off season that it feels like it's more than ever a really a show me. We're not Missouri. We continue to be in Ohio, but it feels like Brown's fandom is really at a show me state situation. Yeah. And I, I think that you can glean a little bit more from training camp than you can mini camp and OTAs. It's just really, I mean, like you even ask people on the team, like, you know, is any, you know, are there a couple of guys that like you're surprised by, or, you know, who showed up, you know, impress in impressive fashion. I mean, you get a little bit of that, but even they will say like, we don't know. You don't know until you get to training camp. We're just trying to like 
you know, learn some schemes, get used to the new coaches, you know, get everybody here, you know, shake some run stuff. It's not, it's very difficult for, for us to really get a lot out of it, I think, based on my experience. And I think it's difficult for, for the Browns themselves to really know a whole lot coming out of OTAs in minicamp. I mean, training camp, when you get the pads on, that's where really, you really begin to find out. And, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, we've seen at times, like you go back to, uh, you know, my first year on the beat, the 2019 preseason. I mean, there was just a lot of like, you remember that indie joint practice where oh, – yeah. You know, it's just like it didn't seem like this team was super disciplined. And obviously that, you know, right out of the gate came to fruition in that Tennessee game. And they had like 21 penalties. You know, you remember like Baker and Odell, like never really seemed in sync that 2019 uh, uh, training camp. And that obviously came to fruition as well. So, like, I think in training camp, you can start to be like, okay, like this is something to keep an eye on. Um, or this is a positive development, um, you know, somebody like DPJ last year in training camp. Um, but, you know, I think all of it is, is positive this time of year, but, like, you just have to I, – I think generally speaking, and this doesn't even apply to the Browns, I think this is just everyone in the NFL, you got to be careful about overreacting to anything at this time of year, positive or negative. For sure. I, I think one of those guys who popped not only at minicamp but all of OTAs, um, has been Elijah Moore. Um, it feels like mm-hmm. um, I, I said this last week on the show. Like Kevin would have been in Minnesota when Percy Harvin was there, and I'm I'm not saying that necessarily that he's going to be what Harvin could be at his best because Harvin at times at Florida is one of the most versatile, dominant college football players ever. And he had flashes of that in the league, um, but I do think that there is a Swiss Army nice quality to him. And it feels like he has the talent to live up to that. Like everything, he's got to prove it in the season. He hasn't done that yet in the NFL level. But I saw signs of somebody who looked pretty special. What did you make of him? Well, uh, flashback, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, you know, to the 2022 offseason and the Browns trade for Amari Cooper. And then, like, during the season, you're like, they gave up what for him? They gave up a fifth-round pick to get this guy? This guy is so much better than – you would think given the trade. And I think people might be talking the same way about Elijah Moore this season. Like the Browns just had to give up. They just had to move from the second to the third round and they got this guy. Um, The talent is there. And I even think the jets would admit like, you know, they probably moved on from him a little early. You know, their, their situation got a little complicated with Aaron Rodgers and the guys that Aaron Rodgers wanted there and trying to, Re- reworked the receiving core about around what, you know, the type of players Aaron Rodgers wanted. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for Elijah Moore last year. I think, number one, they, like, didn't throw him the ball. I mean, his targets were, yeah. like, an absurd low number. And I think he got frustrated. I mean, you, we all saw their quarterbacks play last year. Like, what receiver would not get frustrated by that? So I, I think that a fresh start really could be – uh, massive for him, and I think the Browns could be the beneficiary. Like I, I think he could have a monster year, um, especially considering he gives them exactly what they need, like a guy that can separate out of the slot. They didn't have really either one of those guys. They didn't really have a reliable slot receiver, and they didn't have anybody that could really separate, particularly after Amari no. got hurt midway through last year. So he gives them an element that they really, really need, and I think he could have a huge year. You know, I could see him, and you saw it in minicamp, like, He's not going to be Kareem Hunt. That's not what I'm saying. No. But they were using him kind of like they used Demetrius Belton or Kareem Hunt. Like, I got that vibe in some of the formations they were using, utilizing him out of. 
And, you know, I think they're, they're experimenting with that right now. Like, I don't think anything is set in stone. But the fact that they're experimenting with ways to get him on the field, I think tells you everything you need to know about what they think about him. I think he's going to be a, a huge X factor for the Browns this season. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting, Watson, uh, last week at the golf outing, um, and even just talking about, like, um, the differences in the offense and the stuff that – it's all the same base, right? But it's just – They've spent this offseason, like, putting in these other things. And I agree with you. Like, and honestly, to be even more finite on, on your point, I think you'll know in those practices against Philly. Don't you? I mean, that's really the one I'm looking forward to is what does that look like against a team like that? That's when you'll know if you've got a team or not. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was a little hard last year, I, I think, to evaluate yeah. the team in the joint practice because that's when all the Watson drama really was culminating. Sure. And it just – you know, I, it was a distraction for, for me in the sense that, like, I had a hard time even watching practice because we were, you know, focused on covering that story. But I even think for the team, you know, they could feel a, a little bit of that distraction. And, you know, you came away thinking, man, Philly's, Philly might be pretty good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I, think, uh, I think we could get a, a much better sense about, like, what this team might look like if they can, you know, in a joint practice, really stick it to somebody, um, which I, I think can be a little bit indicative about what kind of team you're going to have. I mean, I, I remember people saying, man, Philly is going to be good after that yeah. joint practice last year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Jake, do you remember them just getting off the bus? <laughs> like, you just went, good Lord. Yeah. Like, those two lines of scrimmage were just absolutely monstrous when they walked in here. There was, yeah, it was a, I remember the only question we had was, is Jalen Hurts going to be ready for all this? That was it, and that was a legitimate yeah. question at you know last year at that time, and I, you know, that'll be the same thing kind of with us hanging over it. If you were to, if you think you're, if you were to hook Kevin Stefanski up to a lie detector test and say, what would you want this offense to look like? Um, percentage run pass, percentage gun, percentage uh, four wide. What do you, what do you think he views as the optimal way to take advantage of the skill sets of this team? I think the balance is throw it as much as you can while still being two-dimensional. And I don't know what percentage that sure. would be for him, but like they are moving toward being a passing offense, but they also want to have the threat of the run, especially considering they have one of the preeminent running backs in the NFL still in Nick Chubb. So I, I, I don't know what the breakdown would be for that. Like to 60-40 sound about right to you? I mean, they've tried to be 50-50. Yes a lot under Stefanski, particularly when Baker was quarterback. And, you know, initially those first couple of years, it feels like 60, 40, maybe 65, 35 is what we're headed to. But I think there's going to be some games this year where they throw the ball like 55 times. Like, I think that's coming as well. So um, it might be something that they feel out a little bit, you know, see how this receiving core comes together, you know, see what Watson looks like. Obviously that's going to be a huge factor in all of this, you know, how, you know, the offensive line healthy, all of that's going to factor in. But I think in the 60-something range uh, is, is how often they want to pass the ball. I know that seems high, but don't you think that's fair, Bo? I do. I do think it's fair, and I think you'll see. You have to remember, too, like Kareem Hunt isn't on this team anymore. So, you know, there was especially, you know, maybe not last year as much, but in the previous couple of seasons, there was this obligation of, of like, we got to get touches you know, for all these guys, like our, your two best offensive weapons were both in the backfield and that's not the case anymore. So I, I think you're right. I, I think 60 feels about right. And I think you're going to see, you know, I think Nick Chubb is a weapon to close out games. I think Nick Chubb, you want Nick Chubb healthy in December. 
in January um, and in mm-hmm. full go then when the weather gets to be crummy. But I think especially early, Jake, I'm with you. I think that you're going to spin this thing around. And quite frankly, you look around this AFC, that's the minimum requirement. You've got you to throw it when everybody knows you're going to throw it or else you're not going to have a chance against Mahomes and Burrow and Allen. Right. And it's going to come down to outdueling these guys in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I do think – you know, 15 carries for Chubb is probably going to feel about right, uh, especially the first half of the season. I think that's going to be a right, right around where they try to land at, which, again, doesn't seem like a lot for Nick Chubb. And, and you know, this is a, you know, this is a town that loves running the football. And I think that sure. it might be a little frustrating with how few carries Nick Chubb gets early. But if he can be a difference maker in the playoffs and they get there where he can, can be a difference maker in the playoffs, nobody's going to care about that. No, no, I don't care. I'll get you out of here on this one, bud. Is there one question outside of, you know, Deshaun reverting to what he was, you know, two years ago in Houston? Is there one question on this roster that you think is not answered heading into camp? Or do you think that this team is fully formed or as close to as need be heading into camp? I would say if you're looking for a second, it's just, you know, can this defense coalesce around the scheme that they're going to employ where, you know, they're going to be bringing five plus every down after the quarterback. You know, I I have confidence that the corners are going to be able to hold up in man coverage. Like I I think that they probably didn't run man coverage nearly enough uh, last year, uh, given the talent and then given, you know, all the defensive breakdowns they had in the secondary throughout the season. But you know, like I, I you know, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, Miles, and there's a lot of intriguing parts around him, but you just want to see how it all comes together. I, you know, one thing that they have done, though, is like you try to do a 50, I, I think you guys were doing this the other day, you try to do like a yeah. 53 man projection, and they have like 15 defensive linemen, like they're going to be picking yes. from. I mean, it, yeah. it felt like they couldn't even get four last year. I mean, they have done a really good job just. You know, we'll see what the quality looks like, but the quantity is is crazy. How many bodies that they've added up front, and I think the idea is they want to be able to fire guys out there, uh, you know, to make some plays and keep guys rested and try to be as, as disruptive as possible. I I think it's going to work out, but like we haven't seen it yet, so I think that that's the question. Like, how's this defense going to look under Schwartz? Really good players are going to get cut. Is the reality of it? I yeah, mean, you're, like the receiver yep. room, like. There's there's guys who are – it's going to be the last couple of spots are going to be – man, the margin is going to be razor thin when you talk – because you're right. I mean, that, that defensive line room, you got to get that way down, man. Either the, Or if you're going to carry yeah. a lot, you're going to rotate a lot, it's got to come from somewhere else. So really good football players are going to get – are going to be sent back. It's just the way it's going to go. There's no other – there's no really yep. other way around it. So going to be a fun camp, buddy. Thank you so much for your time on a Monday. Appreciate you, bud. All right, see you, buddy. Take care. All right, that's our good buddy Jake Trotter of ESPN on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Coach, coming up at the top of the hour, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on E50 ESPN Cleveland. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to the undisclosed location on the west side of Cleveland. Merely Bo and Luminaries. Coach Stefanski, how you doing, man? Good to see you. I'm great, Bo. Thanks for having me. You were familiar with this place upon walking in. This, the undisclosed yeah, this, location. this undisclosed location was the home to the Stefanski family for a few weeks there in uh, in the spring of 2020. Uh, <laughs> so I know this place well. You know it well. My only, I, we've enjoyed our time here. Uh, we're going to be sent packing in early July. Uh, the only thing, it's it is quite monochromatic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the walls were closing in on us. Um, listen, we loved being here, and then finally when we got to move from Minnesota, which was delayed with the pandemic, but yeah. then we were excited to get out of here as yeah. well. The um, Last week, you know, you're building towards this. Your whole offseason, you know, builds into mandatory minicamp. Um, you guys, from, from our vantage point, look like not only did you have a lot of fun, but you got a lot accomplished. How did it feel to you? It was awesome. You know, it kind of set out what we wanted to accomplish. Uh, you know, that whole off-season program, you try and be so intentional about what you're doing, what you're practicing, what you're meeting on, and those type of things. And then we end with the mandatory minicamp on purpose. Uh, you can move that around. It doesn't have to be the last thing you do. But just felt like it's the it's the time to, to get everybody under the roof together. The, the last mandatory th- thing you get so you can message as you go out uh, on our little break here. And it really gets – it's that jumping-off point. We we, uh, we talked a lot about building a foundation in the spring so that you could have a jumping-off once you get back, back together in July. Use the building the foundation. If, if we take that analogy a step further and say you're building a house, what is that? What, what was done – is it footers or walls up? Are we – you know, we talked so much about foundation. I found out that Coach Callahan worked in foundation uh, of pouring did. cement – uh, as his first job, told, told a lot of stories about pouring cement in the suburbs and, and uh, city <laughs> proper in Chicago. Uh, but for us, really what it meant f- in a lot of ways, and, and again, it's figurative, but, you know, fundamentals and technique. Mm-hmm. I know they get th- thrown out a lot, but to me what that means is individual drills with your coaches, with your O-line coach, with your defensive backs coach, and doing the mundane, simple things over and over and over and again until they become routine. That's really the, the – when we talked about this offseason, what was it about? It's not about – getting up on the board and drawing 400,000 plays, which we can do. It's more about the fundamentals and techniques. And then then kick it into, okay, let's talk about scheme. Well, offense staying the same but changing. Defense, special teams, new. So every side of the ball had to really work hard at understanding the playbook, understanding different concepts and, and, and that type of thing. And then, you know, finally for me and for us, just the foundation of, of your culture because – Year in and year out, as everybody knows, the, the teams don't stay the same. They change. Players come and, and, and go with free agency and trades and rookies and retirement, whatever it may be. Coaches, as we know, you come and go. You really have that one year uh, that you're working on. And then for us, that's where that focus is. You don't look behind. You don't look uh, forward. You, you worry about 2023 Cleveland Browns. And what can we do foundationally with our culture, with our relationships to get to know each other. And, and that's what an off-season program is about. That's when you get to lift together, you get to meet together, you get to practice together. And those are, again, the things that you do in the spring to get ready for a grueling season, a 17-game season plus. You know, you. I, I want to get back to, you know, the, the, the plan through it all. But it, you hit on something when you talk about the grueling part of it. When you set, a, set out this off-season plan, knowing that you got the extra week, with the Hall of Fame, um, we'll go. We got the Philly practices. We've got Greenbrier. We have these things. 
how cognizant were you of, I need to build a team, but I got to keep it fresh. How did how did you balance all of that to keep them from being mundane, from to keep it from being grueling? You want to have some of that, but at the same time, it's got to stay fresh, doesn't it? Yeah, and football's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the easy part to, or that's the easy thing to plan. It's going to be hard. Practices are hard. For us, it's a unique year in that we get to play in the Hall of Fame game, so we get that extra week. And the way that we set about as we looked at it was, okay, we're fortunate to get this extra week. How should we use it appropriately? Well, the way I think about it is we just lengthened our runway into week one of the season. We're not necessarily trying to get our team ready to play in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, That's a great opportunity. It's going to be an unbelievable experience. I'm so thrilled that we'll be there. Uh, is it Are both teams going to be ready to play a football game? No. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's going to be a great competition of young players versus young players. So really for us, it's, okay, look at all these extra days we have. How do we then use those to our advantage to springboard into week one of our season? Uh, I, I really like how the, the preseason laid out for us in terms of the, the teams we're facing and the schemes that we're facing. Uh, and then it's about getting ready for week one and week two and, and et cetera. Again, 17-game season uh, plus th- th- those you got to be real mindful as you plan your program uh, to know that it's a long haul. Since you've been here, one of the big words I would say that would be accurately to describe your approach has been collaborative. You you guys are big on uh, you want to have a lot of voices, bounce things off. You had a full season, uh, f- let's stay offense for a second, so much familiarity, but also familiarity with quarterback, full off season with Deshaun. He was sensational last year uh, on Tuesday last week, just sensational out here in the, the 9 and 10 with the 9 touchdowns. What do you sense from him? Um, what have those conversations been like? And, and how comfortable now are you two in terms of, hey, what do you want here? And this is, this is what I'm seeing here. What, what difference does a year make there? Yeah, you know, I think with Deshaun, but really any player, uh, as, as you get as you've gone around the sun once together and you've gone through the, the good times, the bad times, the, 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 there's so much football that happens uh, during the season that you, you – you make adjustments. You change. Hey, you really like this. We're, now we're going to run this another way. Hey, you didn't really like this. We're throwing this out. So there's just so much um, that happens year to year, particularly with the quarterback. Because if a quarterback likes the play, I love the play because <laughs> he's going to make it work. So that's where, you know, I say it all the time. I've, I was fortunate to be exposed to a bunch of different offenses, and they all work. They're all good. It's just you got to. What do you hang your hat on? What does your quarterback believe in? Because when the quarterback has a great uh, belief and understanding of a given play and any type of concept if, uh, that you want to talk about, they make it work. They they know where to get through in their progression. So that's where I would say Deshaun in one year's time has come the farthest in, in knowing our system, what he likes, molding it to, to his eye, if you will. Uh, I think he feels really, really comfortable. He looks really, really comfortable. Are there any moments? I know you're doing your business, but are there any moments, especially last week, where, and I'm sure there were these through OTAs where you just look and go, okay, there's a throw. Yeah, you know, he's so physically gifted. Uh, and really, we've seen that from the moment we, we put eyes on I mean, shoot, yeah. everybody can think back to his college days, yeah. to his, his uh, pro days. I mean, he's so gifted and so talented from a arm talent perspective, from a movement skill perspective. Uh, yeah, he does things in practice. Uh, every practice I've been a part with him, where he where he just spins the ball, and and you realize that that's what it that's what it looks like with elite guys. I've been very very blessed to be around some elite guys, and and in terms of talent and physical, mental, uh, arm, movement skills, all that, he he's right there at the top. I want to ask you about Elijah Moore? 
um, watching last week, and I don't know if there's if there's anything to this or not, but you had Percy Harvin in Minnesota. And notice some of the stuff that Elijah was doing looked similar to some of the stuff that I've seen people use Percy with going all the way back to his time at Florida. I don't know if our fan base is aware of quite the Swiss Army knife that he is. He's a fun toy. Cosine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting with Elijah. Um, you know, a lot of this spring was to f- try to find out what he – you know, use him in a bunch of different ways. Like, let, let's – don't think of him as an, a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Don't think of him as an outside receiver. Don't think of him as a guy – think of him as all those things. And let's just work him in. Uh, what I love about the kid is he has the capacity to do it all learning-wise. You can put him in anywhere you want, and he's 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 got it. Uh, he is so competitive. Mm-hmm. This kid, his his give – well, he cares a lot. This oh, kid we really, use give really a damn cares. on this show. Can I say that? Yeah, give a darn. His give a darn meter. We have some youth in the we room. Got the youth, we got the youth camp going on. Yep. So Sorry, Murph. Sorry. His give a darn meter Good job of you. is very, very high. So just he's fun to be around. He's, he's so smart. Um, and just going back to Percy, I had Percy when, when we drafted him at the Vikings. Uh, Kevin Rogers, who's on our staff, was there when Percy first came in. Bill Musgrave, who's on our staff, was there with, with Percy. So we do have a lot of plays that we have with Percy. And, and they're similar in some ways and, and, and different in, in other ways. But – Elijah uh, does have, I think, that ability to do a bunch of different things. He's also a really good wide receiver. Yeah. If you just think about him, don't talk about where to line him up and what routes. He's just – he's a really talented young man. Uh, so I don't think there's a limit on what you can do with him. Uh, obviously, you can't go into a game plan and, and do everything all in yeah. game one or game two and those type of things. But uh, he does have the versatility that allows you to uh, try to attack the defense in different ways. I remember you guys loved him in the draft. AB loved him in the draft, and um, his his route running is so crisp. I mean, he's really got a, a masterful handle on it. It's so much fun to watch the separation he gets. Yeah, and and again, it kind of goes back to you watch him because of his size. He's not the yeah. tallest. He's not the heaviest or the that type of thing. So he, he he's a smaller player, but that has not stopped him one bit from winning outside at yeah. all. You know, because he's fast. Yeah. So what do DBs respect? They respect speed. Uh, so you just watch his time in New York, watch his time in, in college. He wins on the outside, mm-hmm. and it's a combination of, of route running. It's a combination of, of twitchiness, quickness, um, speed just to go get balls. So uh, I'm I, I'm very high on the kid. I think he's uh, – but m- m- the physical talent I think everybody sees. But what I didn't know uh, until I got around him was how much this kid cares. You're building. You're, you're building. You, you get it. You talk about that care. You talk about that teamwork that you have on the team. You got to have it in the staff too. You got new new Bubba. You got Jim in here. Um, how has this gone as you now break for the summer? Yeah, great. Uh, and you know, not surprising. Uh, Jim's done it. He, he's done it at a high level. Has the rings to prove it. Uh, he and I are very very similar in how we see the game. Kind of how we were raised in this game, if you will. I have a ton of respect for him, the coach, him, the person. Uh, he, he's had a huge impact already on our defense, on, on our staff, on myself. Uh, I count him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have him. I'm, I always tell people, I'm, I walk out of my office to the left. I got Jim Schwartz, former head coach. To the right, I got Bill Callahan, former head coach. So <laughs> I'm just very blessed to have uh, Jim here with us. And then Bubba's been great. I think Bubba uh, has – he's not uh, been doing it for 25 years, but he 
been playing for about that long. So I think just the when you measure experience, a lot of us measure it in years. But if you look at his experience as a player, where he played, the coaches he played for, special teams, uh, and then the opportunity to be a coordinator there in, in Indianapolis before he coached in uh, prior, he coached in New England. But his experience is vast, and don't just measure it in, in years. Measure it in who he was around, uh, some of his ex- experiences. And I think his uh, playing career, Thing, lends credibility immediately to uh, our players. You throw that tape up, and then you go, "This is what this is." Needs he to often be. does too. Does he? He's not, he's not <laughs> shy about it, and I wouldn't. I Good wouldn't and be, bad. I wouldn't be shy about it either. Yeah, yeah he's bad. When he was in here last week, I mean, you got to show the bad ones too. And yeah. he said he does. He so does. Well, so that's yep. good. to his credit, he does. Um, defensive personnel. I wanted to ask you, uh, Tomlinson, Smith, uh, Oboe, Hurst. A little bit of go, a little bit of go there too. It's hard on defensive line when you when we see obviously, but in terms of the look test, coach, it looks like AB did a pretty good job up there. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you both. It's impossible for offensive line, defensive line in the spring. There's no contact, yeah. none. So it's just hard to get a great feel for players. Having said that, we know these guys are some known commodities among that group. Uh, yeah, really, really excited about that group. Uh, excited about the uh, talent in, in that room. Excited about the versatility in that room. Excited about the guy, the the uh, the experience. The guys are have kind of been through it uh, in in a lot of ways. Um, so I think it's a really good group that we got. As you uh, set out, you you got to decompress too, man. You got you got some time for yourself and the family set aside this summer. It's it's coming after. Uh, I got to get through all the driving, all the. Uh, carpooling to camps in the in the month of june coach it's, sits it's down a, uh, logistics nightmare where we, our children are around the same age he sits yep. down and i said he's we were talking about the youth sports and and i said i go have you heard my idea and coach said uber kids yeah and i said have i said this to you before on the show no great minds think alike and so do ours <laughs> that's right yeah, it's it's i mean literally on the phone I'm driving here, driving to this camp, and who's got this? Who's got that? Yeah. Uh, and I know many of our listeners know exactly what we're yeah. talking about. Once school ends, it's uh, going all around town. So I am all around Northeast Ohio uh, for the month of June. Are you a when it comes time to unplug? Are you a mountain getaway, lake getaway, beach getaway? How do you unplug? Definitely beach. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've said this before. I'm an avid indoorsman, so you won't find me uh, fishing. Uh, you won't find find me hunting. You won't yeah. find me uh, hiking. Uh, I'm sitting by the beach, got my feet in the water, hopefully. All right. And as we get to camp and we go over to Philly, can we get a little bit of a scouting report oh, on man. what we ought to do when we're there, places to eat, things to do, golf courses, yeah, these oh, type yeah. of things? Because unlike you, all. we're going to have some downtime. Yeah, no, I have it all. That's I think – no one's more excited than my dad to just give out the restaurant list that he, he's like been cultivating. Um, so he's got all the spots. You you will you will go home heavier than you arrived. That would be amazing to have your pops do a little, give us a little tour of the of the culinary. I look forward to that. He's in. Yeah, trust me. There's a there's things that he's passionate about, and, and top of the list is food in Philly. I'll get you out of here on this one. Now that you're done with mini camp, is it? Uh, relief? Do you wish you could start today on camp, or is, wh- where? Wh- what's the feeling as you head into the summer? Yeah, I mean, I I will unplug. I will turn it off there for a minute, but I'm not there yet. You know, just this morning, just being around, and it's hard not to have the mind wander into game planning and looking at some of your opponents and, and thinking about things. So I know I have to turn that off for a minute and, and charge the battery up. 
and I will get there uh, come July. But for now, I, I still find myself uh, looking at some things that, that we can, you know, hopefully do come September. But that is the fun part of, of our business is getting ready for these games. And uh, in a lot of ways, it'd be fun to fast forward uh, if we could. Yeah. Great seeing you, buddy. Good seeing you, Thanks bro. for stopping by the Undisclosed Location. Uh, our head coach, Kevin Stefanski, joining us here uh, at the Undisclosed Location. So much more to come. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns 2023 schedule is here. Get your single-game tickets now for all the great matchup at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Visit clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets to purchase today as we go around the sports world. It's all going to be done tonight, right? Denver clears it out tonight, and they I, get it sorted out. I mean, I out. think so. I, like it. Why, why can't the NBA have, have multiple games on the weekend? So, apparently – so, they played Friday, right? Is yeah. And they played – so, they went from Miami to Denver – so they they still do the two two one 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 thing. So then they add the extra day to get it out there. It did not occur to me until last night at eight thirty that it wasn't last night. And then when that wasn't on, I went for the NHL. I'm like, there's got to be an NHL game on. They were off last night too. So the NBA will go tonight. The NHL will go on Tuesday for those. Can, can we get this right? Because yeah, it it was kind of a sorry day in sports yesterday. I mean, the Guardians with a big win, but they got moved up because of the weather. Yeah. First pitch at 1230. I'm still on the golf course. Yeah, it was um, – no, it was tricky. There, It was strange and kind of a reality of this is the job. Of what's to come. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it, this is the reality of – and for our business, I mean, we're doing a Brown show here, but in our business we're, we have to create content. That's our job, right? Things to talk about. And the job of the Guardians, you know, if you do big picture, you know, throughout the state – um, whatever it may be, it's to be it's to be of interest this time of year. So the Guardians checks that box. They're interesting, right? 
Now bats part- are starting to warm yeah, up a little bit. Right. Sure. Yeah. And they, you know, they benefit from the division they play in, whatever. Like it's they they are they have a chance to be interesting and capture the city's emotion for the course of the summer. And that's that's the op- that's the job. If you're if you're in that operation, you want to make sure you're relevant this time of year. That's the deal. And and so hopefully they are. But yeah, they, the reality is is all of this is going to go away. Like this NBA is going to end tonight. The NHL is probably going to end on Tuesday for the people that are watching that. And that's it. One thing about the NBA that I did think was pretty interesting. This is a sport where Lakers, Celtics, Bulls, Spurs, Warriors, those five franchises, or even to take the Warriors out of it, you just go Spurs, Bulls, Lakers, Celtics. Those four franchises have won how many of the titles in the history of the sport? Got to be about half, I would think. Celtics and Lakers are both at 17. So that's 34 right there, six for the Bulls, five for the Spurs. You're at, you, you get there pretty quickly. You're, you're more than half of the championships have been won by four franchises. You're in a situation now where us in 16, Milwaukee, Toronto, Denver, going to win it tonight probably. You're getting some fresh faces in this sport winning these championships. You've got the, the Warriors won it last year to go on with their dynasty run. But, like, this is now for a sport that never had parity, the NBA's kind of stumbled into parity. That's not a bad thing. I would think it's a very good thing. I, I would, yeah. I think it's a very good thing. I think that's that's a very astute. I was trying to think multiple winners. Like, the Heat won three? Three or four? Well, if you want to take it, I mean, I just did the four of them, but if you want to add the Heat and the Warriors. Yeah. You know, the Warriors have four, the Heat have three. That gets you to seven. 34 plus 12. I mean, you're around you're, 50. You're 53 but, titles yeah. with six franchises yeah and then the rest are just popped out there here and there but like even even a golden state like it's, well it's that not was a big, when, no. not a big market that's or you know well but it wasn't a French it wasn't until this new ownership that they started acting like their market size yeah. until that point they acted like you know small potatoes and then this new ownership maximized it and maximized the market but, um you're right I I don't I don't think that I don't think it's a bad thing at all I think, and it's it's proving that star power doesn't have to all come together and play on one super team. Well, it all actually, I think it does that exactly. It proved that basically, if you you're think going, so. no, 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 I think what you're saying is true. Yeah, I think that if you're going to do a super team, LeBron James better be one of the three, and then you can do it because you have to have. Otherwise, there's not enough depth to go around. Everybody else that tried to do this, there's not enough depth for the rest of the roster. The Celtics did it first. By the way, when they were able to swing the deals for Durant and uh, and Ray Allen, sure, you know they made those trades. Garnett, I'm sorry, Garnett, not Durant. Yeah, sorry. Garnett, Garnett. No, no, no. Yeah, Garnett and Ray Allen with Pierce. Um, they those were trades where they traded assets to get ready-made guys. They won the one yeah. championship, um, but then that led to a super team era where you know LeBron did it obviously in Miami. Durant joined Golden State for a couple yeah. of titles, but it's very difficult. It hasn't worked. It never worked in Brooklyn. No. And they were no, loaded. No, they tried a couple of times, two different yeah. incarnations, the Harden-Irving-Durant one, and then they had the elder statesman when they had Pierce and Garnett, Joe Johnson and those guys. They yeah. tried it there too. So that's, It's really hard. It's really hard to do. And this Denver operation is one that's – there's really no end in sight. They're really long. They're under contract. They're They've got the young. best player. They're young. 
Um, you're seeing like what Murray's all about. So, yeah, there's there's no end in sight for them. It sounds like Tyler Hero is going to play tonight for the Heat, but I don't even know what he can do. He's a good, he's a great shooter, 22 points a game, but like too little, too, too late, too late, too late against this this uh, team. Yeah, too much of a match. And, and then, like you said, you know, if everything ends in the next 48 hours, welcome to the doldrums. I mean, you, yeah. you have baseball, but that that's it. Yeah, it's it falls away, and for you know, for me, and I've I've said this before. I know, uh, you know, coach's son still plays baseball. Mine moved off of it and went the lacrosse route. Um, so they're like they're not dialed yeah. in at all. My one nephew plays baseball. The other one is like no. Yeah. Like let's get ready for football. Yeah, that's. I just they have my kids are not into it. They were more interested in the Champions League final, and they don't even play soccer. They're more interested in that than the baseball, so I don't know. You never know what's so going to So speaking, speaking of drilling and, and whatnot, I, I noticed um, your beautiful other half uh, posting oh on social God. media, you putting the boys through their paces That's right. on a Saturday morning. So I, don't, I didn't know that I had paparazzi in my own backyard. But you do. Apparently I do. And not only is she a paparazzi, she's the worst form in that she's publishing it without my permission. <laughs> publishing images. <laughs> I mean, like, these are closed practices, man. You see that? There's a lot of woods around there in that image. Yeah. You can't see through. Yeah. That's it's the whole like idea. It's like clinic courts where That's the right. Cavs go in Independence. Right. It is, it's a valley on one side, and it's – That's it. it it's I go, what are you doing? Giant like, trees. Is there no trust? Can we not have any a trust tree here? I liked it. A little Saturday morning workout because it was a hot day. Well, we get had to get it in early. in early. We had to get it in early. Um, yeah. And it was – I was just looking at them, and I was like, they were – you know, it's hard. They've been out of school for a week, and they gravitate towards the – they want to go to the screens and all that. Yes, so, exactly. Um, I was like, man, we're going to get out. As soon as I see – get your shoes on. What are we going to do? Don't worry about it. We're going to we're gonna make men out of you. That's what we're going to do. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> this is so, a push more with a, with a blade yeah, on it. That's right. Start so pushing we it. Got them, we got them working a little bit on that. What was the, what was the drill? What was the – It was best? all hoops related. So yes. it was um, – it was – you know, quickness stuff, in and out of breaks, pace, how to – you know, the thing with basketball is you don't have to be the fastest player. In nope. fact, in many instances, it's not very helpful to be. Um, you just have to be fast amongst your speed. So what I mean by that is you have – if if your speed – you have to be able to accelerate quickly within your speed. And so I was trying to teach them how to, you know, rise up, break quick, get people on their heels, that type of stuff. So we had a bunch of drills. We had I think the other, the other thing is – and I am I hate math, which my mother shudders every time she hears it because she's a math teacher. Yeah, um, it's it's all about the angles. It is cutting off the cutting off yes. the to the hoop. Like, how do you get in front of guys? How do you like stop yeah. the break? How do you slow it down? How do you get in front of somebody defensively? Yeah. Offensively, best path to the basket. Yeah, it's and it's and offensively, if with the ball or without, it's getting to your spots. Yep. Get to places you're comfortable in. If you're off ball, finding a way to catch and shoot to where it goes up quickly. Because what we find out as they're getting older is like you don't have space anymore. No. So you've got to be ready at catch to fire. So um, that that's we had a little bit of fun with that. And then nice. I, yeah. So uh, it was so funny. Like they're so hard on Bootsy, and I'm like, dude, he's seven. Like, can we give him a break? I, I was even talking, though. I, I right. responded to your to her post. I was like, make sure he's on the line and he's running <laughs> drills and the toes touching the other line. Well, he won't. Yeah, he, it'd be the oldest who would try to slip a – try to bail early on a line touch. That's That'd be the way that would go. <laughs> um, so, are they, do they just try to bully him? 
Well, it's always me and Bootsy versus yeah. those two. So then they feel like – so, yeah, they try to bully him all the time. So I have to set up rules like you can only block him once, you can only steal it from him once, and then they get mad. Well, then why do you steal it from us and all this? So because this I is what can. we do. Yeah, because I'm making the rules, Yeah, kids. That's, that's the right. way that that's going to go. Uh, the Chiefs were at the White House uh, last week for their visit. Did you see that Mahomes would not let Kelsey talk? Probably a good move. Probably smart. Uh, so I saw something. It's supposed to be coming out, I think, this week, if it hasn't okay. already come out. Uh, but on the Kelsey Brothers podcast, like, Travis was going to tell what he was going to say on the mic. And I'm like, well, uh, there was a tease. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably a great move by Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes knows. Sober Mahomes. He knows him Unlike well enough. the victory parade. No, yes, it's all right. Well, he could shotgun one, too. Did you see yes, him over can. the weekend with that? Um, Andy Reid, uh, this is pretty classic. He breaking down the food that was served at the White House on the visit. Let's have a listen. A French toast, grilled cheese, and ham sandwich uh, that they sprinkled a little bit of powdered sugar on. I mean, it was phenomenal. Uh, the guys were – and it was – there was abundance of this, uh, and and then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers to boot. And then maybe the best part was they had, uh, which I hadn't seen before, but little bite-sized squares of the heart of the watermelon. Simple man. I have never ever heard. Did he say French toast, powdered sugar, grilled cheese with ham? Ham and cheese. So the bread was the French toast. So like the cinnamon yeah. and French toast, they use that, and then they put ham and cheese on it. Yeah. That's hard for me to wrap my a head into all that. grilled ham and cheese, but using French toast bread with the powdered sugar, like French That's toast. It's hard for – th- those feel like they don't go together. They, I, I listened back to that three times because I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Was it French toast and grilled ham and cheese? No. It was – Like I could see you doing like a brioche – toast with ham and cheese but to do like true french toast seems well, crazy and i was thinking i was like well was it was it like a texas toast yeah like right kind of deal right no because you're not going to do texas toast and then powder sugar on it like I you're actually think. using french toast i don't know god bless him um i want to know what exotic chicken fingers are like what is the def- what is, makes them exotic teriyaki sauce i don't have an answer like there, there was no follow-up. I was disappointed. Yeah, that was it. I did see this over the weekend. We talked a little bit about the Women's College World Series and how the ratings have been up on that. This weekend will now transition over to the Men's College World Series, and Virginia's in the mix. And their pitcher is a kid – their relief pitcher is a kid named uh, Stephen Scooch is his name. Um, this thing went viral over the weekend. You're about ready to hear why. Let's have a listen. You know, you walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose – but as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, um, <laughs> you're gonna be all right. Sorry, I sweared. I shouldn't have. No, sweared. you're good, man. Let, let's go back to that last inning, ninth inning. What are the emotions like entering that inning? Well, the emotions are go in, win. I heard a fan offer free dipping dots if I blew it, which the price of dipping dots with inflation is just unreal. So. For a brief moment, I was like, damn, dipping dots sound good. But also, I thought in the back of my head, we win today, we win tomorrow, or tonight. We're going to be here another day. That's more per diem. So that means I can buy my own dipping dots and be a winner. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to attack, 
I think three words every time I'm out there. The first one's a swear word, starts with F. Um, second word's attack, third one's win. And I just repeat that to myself. Unless, you know, there's a breach in the system and I walk a guy and I gotta tell myself I'm a few different things that isn't a winner. Um, I might break that, but then I get right back on it, just this attack win, you know? And Steve, it's really easy pitching when you got defense like ours, I tell you. It's so easy. <laughs> When, when they're yeah. behind you. As long as you Dynamite keep it in the yard, you. you got a chance, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Does anything make you nervous? Caves. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly. Um, nothing really. I mean, I don't see any caves out here. I know we're in the south. <laughs> it's not the desert. That's where I find most caves are probably at. But, you know, this is just a game. There's going to be way harder things in life than striking out the side or not walking somebody so i don't really get too caught up in all the jibber jabber and all the mean things people might say to me because it's just you know i think i'm a cool guy my dogs think i'm awesome my teammates like me and my friends like me so i'm gonna attack i'm gonna win <laughs> simple here's one last one for you yeah no problem you've heard this before yeah when people say kenny powers what do you think <laughs> i think damn i'm doing a good job because <laughs> like I said the dude the dude took 86 to the big leagues after being out of the big leagues you kidding me you kidding me he took that and turned it into a winner so people are like oh Tony Powers I'm like, I mean I might throw a little differently a little a little firmer than he did after you know he started boozing and doing drugs but I mean that probably won't be a big part of my life as it was his but hey it's Kenny P he's a winner End of the day. I, before the question was asked, I'd seen much, heard much of that. I did not hear the part where they asked about powers. But I'm like, this kid is clearly influenced by sure. him. Number one, he looks like he's 40. Yeah, he does. He does. He does look <laughs> older. Yeah, for sure. The um, college baseball, have you ever had it at, at, at a place where the, it was a big deal? No. It's awesome. No. Like, I, my senior year, BG won the MAC, and I happened to still be – up yeah. there after I graduated, I was there. For, I just lived there for a month because I didn't God start my you. I didn't start my full time job till June. Yeah, so I just partied every night and God went to you. a couple baseball games. But I never it was never big because it was it would be snowed out right. half the time or rained out. It's awesome. Is so it more is it more popular than Major League Baseball right now? Um, uh, I think what it is is no, probably not. But I do think that in what it's become in a lot of campuses is what college basketball used to be and is in a few places still. But there are spots in the South where they'll put 25,000 people in on a Friday night yeah. um, and and fill it up. And there were times when I was in Florida when, you know, like future number – like Mark Teixeira would come in with Georgia Tech and Andrew Miller came in with North Carolina and – uh, Khalil Green came in with Clemson. Like those guys would come into town for the weekend. Miami would come into town. Florida would come into town with Laporta, and you were like, "Holy cow!" Like twelve thousand people here on a Friday night watching high school, watching college baseball, and we don't have that up here. No, there's not a program up here, and I think a lot of it obviously is climate um, where you can't. And in those days, now they have a rule where they have to play. Um, they can't play. They have to play the same amount of games. So in those days, like Florida State would start like January 5th, they would start playing games 
and they'd play two months worth of a season before the teams up here had even started. Um, but the SEC has thrown a ton of money into it, into uh, into college baseball. They throw a ton at it, and so a lot of these places are fortresses, and they have huge crowds. And it's like this is what you do on a weekend in Knoxville. You go watch the balls play. So yeah. that's that's the deal. T- LSU was the one that was the first huge. I was going to say that they were they were the factory. They were they were they were the first huge one. Um, and then a lot of the rest of them followed from that point on. That guy's that, that guy's absolutely classic. Um, all right, coming up next, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, some of his early impressions of camp. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. For nearly a century, Rumpke Family is operating one of the largest waste recycling companies providing top-level services to residential and commercial customers. That's Rumpke Waste Recycling. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Now here's Dalvin Tomlinson from the podium. So how's the tr- transition been to, you know, now you've been here for a couple of months? Uh, it's been pretty good so far. You know, I've gotten to know my new teammates, got learning my new teammates and stuff, uh, learning their defense and uh, building a little bit of chemistry out here on the field so far. What was your reaction when Darius became your teammate again? Uh, super excited. Uh, we used to joke about uh, I'd be joking with him. I'm like, he, he was going to miss me that much. He had to come follow me out here. So uh, super excited to have Z back out here with me. And how do you how feel you? about him kind of joining you occasionally on some of those inside snaps for these two days? Uh, it's going to be super exciting, though, I guess, because like, it's some of the similar stuff we ran last year in Minnesota together uh, with me and him running games and stuff together. And, uh, so, like the chemistry is already there between me and him. Devin, I know it was a few weeks ago now, but how did you like hear about the trade? Kind of take me through like where you were and, and how you first heard the news and everything. I like you always hear rumors and stuff, and I like I was uh, I hope it's a real rumor with this one. I remember I was uh, I was at home uh, on my computer, and uh, somebody texted me was like, "We got Zedarius, we got Zedarius," and like I was just super excited. It was like, uh, "Yeah, we're going." We're going to make some crazy stuff happen with his front up here, up front. And then just knowing, like, everything he went through last year with the injury, like, how much do you think that he talked about it? But, like, you know, as somebody who knows him and watched him play, how much do you think that hindered him uh, down the stretch of the season? Uh, I felt like, I, like Z's a super tough person, and uh, he just kept fighting and just kept playing some great football throughout the whole season. And, um... As long as he stays Z, I feel like he'll be fine no matter what. You guys are out there and you are in the defensive line, the drills. You guys are competing and you're getting a little chippy out there and competitive. What can that do for you as you guys are working to build that chemistry and really development for the younger guys too? I feel like uh, if you don't have that, you're not going to build the chemistry all along. But uh, with the younger guys, you know, we just bring them in as little brothers and stuff and just teach them the ropes. And uh, we all just keep working that chemistry and just having fun out here is the biggest thing. So as long as we're having fun together, sweating together and grinding together. 
the chemistry is going to come along great. You should be responding to that with maybe extra motivation when they when they win one of the matchups. Oh yeah, most definitely. When you win a matchup, you know everybody get to talking junk and everything, and uh, you want to rechallenge somebody, and then just it keeps going back and forth and makes. I feel like it makes you better as a player too because you're going your hardest every single rep. Speaking of practice, Dallas, mm -hmm. how tough is it to not have pads on? Like Coach talked about, <laughs> you've got to fight the contact, and he mm -hmm. mentioned the offense and defensive line, how hard it is yeah. for you guys. So as a player, how tough is it? It's super tough up front because you know everything we do is all about physicality, and um, up front is just like you got to like slow it down a lot and just focus on like your steps and your hands and the small details but you don't have as much time to focus on in the season when you get pads on. Obviously after tomorrow you guys break and then but you guys will be going down to the Greenbrier as a veteran player mm -hmm. what does that mean to get away from here to kind of come together as a team and take that trip in training camp like how beneficial do you think it'll be? It's super beneficial just because like it's just you and your teammates you, I feel like you bond on a whole new level and um, it's all football like uh, you might have to be eating lunch and the young guy might be talking asking about different plays and schemes or how you play this play or this uh, technique and stuff like that. So I just feel like you get that little bond before we get to come back here and um, just make make us a better f unit up front across the board. Knowing you, how Jim Schwartz uses his defensive line, mm -hmm. like crashing it, does that get you maybe a little bit more excited to get the pads on and to ramp up into training camp, knowing that that is waiting for you? Oh, yeah, most definitely. It's just, just being a big, powerful guy, uh, you know, when they just tell you to go and explode off the ball. You, you get to use your weight to your advantage, I guess, at that point, and uh, get to use all your power, and you don't have to just sit there catching blocks. Uh, super excited, and um, I can't wait for it. How amped up does you get when you hear a defensive coordinator say he wants his D-tackles to be Ferraris, <laughs> not Tumbler? Ah, oh, man, yeah, you don't never hear that. <laughs> so, you know, super ramped up for it, and uh, like I said, I can't wait to get pads on in training camp, and uh, yeah, I'm super excited for this season. Does it feel to you like it's gonna be a big change in systems that, from what you've been used to, what Jim wants to do up front? Uh, most definitely, uh, just because uh, I feel like with the systems I've been in, it's, some of them been attack fronts, but it's just a different type of attack defense. And uh, I feel like this one is just the most aggressive as they get. And um, just as a defense alignment, to be able to use all your power and explosiveness every single play is like a dream come true. What, what's kind of his one overarching message to the D-lineman, how we want you guys to play? Uh, just play fast. Uh, we, we'll rotate if you get tired, but every play, give it 100%, uh, no matter what, and uh, just make sure we're running. We get to the ball, and uh, cardio is going to be a big thing for everybody. I asked you about the competition between the defense, but mm -hmm. you know, yesterday practice ended with some chippiness between the defense and the offense. For you, what does that look like? I mean, how much does that play into uh, mm -hmm. your game and getting you excited to see these guys getting chippy out there? With each other? Oh, yeah, I feel like uh, that's, that's just the team building process right there. And uh, it just makes you that more excited with football because when we get chippy and it just, we're all competitors out here and we're going to compete every single play. And I, was, I said that competitiveness is going to make us better as a team and each player better each play. What have you learned about Oboe since you've been around him? Mm -hmm. uh, just how smooth he rushes. It's, uh, it's crazy. Sometimes you, he'd be rushing and it doesn't seem real. Like, <laughs> or it looks like he slows down time in some of his rushes, and yet he's still moving super fast. So it's like uh, just watching his pass rush, I feel like so I know a lot of the stuff I'm not going to be able to do, but I'm going to steal some stuff from his uh, arsenal with his pass rush. What's it like when you look to your right yesterday and you see Miles and then the left you have? Zedarius and then Obo. Like, what can the four of you guys do as a group? I feel like the sky's the limit with us up in there together. And uh, 
yeah, just throughout the season, I just feel like we're going to be pinning up a lot of different schematics together with that front, and um, yeah, it's going to get crazy. To go off of that question, I mean, knowing like you guys aren't in pads yet, you don't have contact, do you get kind of like excited thinking about what's to come over these next couple <laughs> months, like since we're not seeing the full picture of like, uh, uh, that front can do right now? Yeah, most definitely, just because uh, I already know what Zadarius can do on the inside, and just watching Oboe and Miles on film and, you know, playing against them over the years and stuff like that. It's just with all of us together and bringing our different skill sets together, I feel like it's going like, to, I don't know how to put it into words. <laughs> it's going it's gonna to be, it's going to be amazing. Off the field, you and Miles have, <laughs> it seems like a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Have you guys been able to create that bond, that chemistry yet, or is that still in the works? Oh, uh, it's still in the works for sure. But uh, yeah, we all, I feel like we all had a whole anime discussion yesterday and they found out a lot of people watch anime. So. It's in the works, and I think we got a couple celebrations coming up too. So you know, keep your eye out for it. Dabba, going back to Jim Schwartz and his system and everything, how mm -hmm. common is to find one that's so simplified and straightforward like that? Like, have you played in one like that before? And how common is it today to find? Uh, I don't think I ever found a defense uh, been a part of a defense this this simplified, and uh, especially in the NFL, you know, it's uh, multiple defenses. It'd be a three-four or four-three, but it's multiple defenses. It depends on who you're going to play. And this one's straightforward, just like. Line up and go to play some football. <laughs> another new defensive tackle here, Mohurst. I mean, this mm -hmm. guy has dealt with injuries throughout his career, but it seems like he's out here every day going as hard as he can. Just what's it been like getting to know him and seeing how he works out here? Oh, yeah. Moe's a great guy and a super t great technician also. And uh, he's one of the guys who's played in the system before. So he brings a lot to the table for us. Just guys who haven't played in it, he always have things uh, we can use to get a little edge and technique and stuff like that. So he's been one of our biggest technicians in this process so far. And Mo is a big part of our D-line so far. Have you ever seen a defensive coordinator kind of put himself right in the middle of the field during drills like Jim Schwartz uh, has done on seven on seven and standing by the center and everything? Oh uh, yeah, I, I had a few over the years, but Coach Schwartz takes it to a new level, I feel like. Uh, he, I feel like he sometimes he might be the 12th man on the field. <laughs> yeah, and, what, and just, what are your early impressions of kind of his impact? And like mm -hmm. he said he wants his presence to be felt. That's kind Most of definitely. the behind that. Yeah, he definitely brings uh, the energy for our defense. And um, yeah, it's just the attitude he comes in, the energy he brings, is just makes everybody that more amped up to go that much harder each day. All right, good stuff from Dalvin there. We can report, according to Twitter, that the sandwich was the Monte Cristo sandwich. Many people, I've never had never a Monte had Cristo. One. But it looks like it's a, a ham and cheese, and then you put it in like the French toast, and then you grill it, and then you powder sugar it. Away you go. I've never had a – I've heard of one, and I've read the count. I wonder what would make the White House staff run that prepare out. that. Yeah. I, it sounds like it's delicious, though. Sure. Uh, tomorrow on the program, Poizel will join us. Uh, Armando Soguero will join us as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. The next level is coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.